For most of you know me, but for those of you who don't, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, my husband Zane and I, we lived out in the country near Haki Air Base on a farm, um, beef and deer, and then later on, uh, we had a metal rock quarry down the back of our farm that backed onto the Rangitiki River. So we were there for many years, um, and, and unfortunately he passed away uh, about seven years ago now. And I, I've moved into town. I've been in here just over a year now. Um, I've got three children who are married, um, a girl and two boys, and I've got ten grandchildren. So they keep me busy, and they've kept me busy through the school holidays. <laughs> but it's lovely. They give me so much joy. Um, it's, it's wonderful. So today I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare. And when we think about warfare, we, we kind of think about war, don't we? Um, but this today I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare, which is done in the unseen realm. But this is what a warrior looked like back in the Bible days. Pretty armed up, aren't they? With their swords, their, all their contraption, their breastplate, all, and their shield. Yeah, that's what they looked a bit like. So I think it's important to say right at the beginning that there's no struggle going on between God and the devil, okay? He, Jesus came to earth. He was a baby. He grew up. He died on the cross, as most of us will know that, and then he rose again. And when he rose again, well, when he died, he took on all the powers of darkness and sin, and when he rose from the, from the dead, he handed over to us the victory, and so we have to implement that victory today. And it's really important to say that right at the beginning. And how do we do this? Well, sometimes I think we actually feel like we're in a physical battle with Satan. Um, but he can actually only get into our lives if we let him get in. Now, we don't live, we know we don't live in a perfect world. We, we do stuff wrong. Uh, there's sin in the world. But it's to be alert to what the enemy is trying to do. And he is trying to, he has his tactics to try and get into our lives and open up doorways, which if we don't do something about, they keep getting, they build on each other and get bigger and bigger. So Satan isn't actually destroyed until Jesus comes back completely. But we're not going to centre on Satan. It's about the victory we have in Jesus. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So this is really something. I think I have a photo there, yes, of a double-edged sword. It's, they can be pretty sharp, but it, this is saying that the Word of God actually gets into our minds, but into our actual beings, which is awesome, where the joints and marrow meet. Now, bone marrow is located in our ribs, our vertebrae, our sternum, and the bones of our pelvis. So... And I think we probably have heard that bone marrow these days can be tested and, treat, and used to treat 
some very serious diseases. So it's quite a big part of us, isn't it? So I take this to mean that the Bible is very much needed in spiritual warfare to speak out the truth of the Word of God. We've been hearing about that, proclaiming this morning, to get it into our very minds and beings. And you probably know that I'm very big on speaking out loud the Word of God, speaking it out because um, when, I'm, when I'm just reading in my mind, it's easy to just skim through things, but when you're speaking it out, you often have to go a little bit slower, and so you're speaking out into the atmosphere, you're speaking it out, and it's going into you in a deeper way. We're declaring the truth of the Word of God. So a very well-known passage that we know about putting on the armour of God is Ephesians 6, 10 to 17. So because we know it probably quite well, I'm going to read it today from the Passion Translation. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armour provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat, the weapons of our warfare, is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armour that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slander, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armour that covers your heart. Stand your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to distinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty, I love this part, the razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. So this is saying that the word of God is our sword of the spirit, right? It is our equipment for spiritual battle. It's our weapon. So we put on truth, proclaiming the truth of the word of God. We speak it out. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is holiness and rightness that protects our hearts. And we stand with our feet ready and alert to share the gospel of peace, the blessings of peace, and the shield of faith It protects us, it's to distinguish all the darts that the evil one wants to throw our way. The helmet of salvation protects our thoughts from the lies. We've got the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Uh, God has given us so much, hasn't he? 
We've got all this warfare equipment which he has equipped us with. We've got everything we need. In Luke chapter 4, verse 36, it says, the word of God has authority against demonic powers. And sometimes, when, as I've said already, that when we think the enemy is trying to uh, just tempt us, we can speak out the truth. But, oh, but this is what the word of God says, and we speak that out. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's when we don't resist the enemy, like when the thoughts come into our minds and we just let them sit, and then we keep letting them build on on top of that, that's when we open doorways to the demonic to come into our lives. And he will, because in First Peter it talks about how the, the, the devil is like a roaring lion. He's prowling around, seeing who he can devour. That's his mission in life. Okay? That's his mission. He's prowling around. Any chance he can get, and it all is in the mind, most of it. Um, so I find it a good practice. I've been... If I feel that through the day, it's better if you can do it as it happens through the day. But at the end of the day, I like to think back over the day and I think, what have my thoughts been like? What have my actions been like? Was I critical about something or someone? Or, oh, that wasn't actually very nice what I said. I shouldn't have said that. So I try, it's like kind of self-house cleaning, housekeeping. We kind of do a little bit of a clean out. And it's good because we can confess to God and say, sorry, you know, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I want to work at that better. So that's a pretty cool thing to do. It's, it's good also to have the warrior spirit in us awakened and to be alert. So, you know, things can happen and we haven't realised afterwards what's been going on. And so, but it's not to be come from a scary to be we're not scared or to come from a fearful place that's not what God wants he wants us to come from a strong place in him um Carl Carl von Clausewitz he was a military strategist on war and he said courage above all things is the first quality of a warrior it's quite cool so, of course, none of us are perfect. We've all got vulnerabilities in our lives. Um, when I, and I probably said this before too, but when I was doing my counselling training, uh, the tutor said, you know, think about an issue in your life, something, you know, that's happened. And we must have all looked at her pretty blankly, I think, because she said, and if you think you've got none, then think again, because we've all got them. And I think... I think I might be right, Mike, you can tell me if I'm wrong with this, but um, most of us have got probably up to a handful of issues that have stemmed, from, that everything else comes out of our vulnerabilities, uh, triggers in our lives, and um, usually they've come from something that's happened when we were younger um, through circumstances. Um, does that sound kind of right? Something like that anyway. So... Um, 
I know I've shared this before, but for those of you who haven't heard this, I just want to give you an example of something in my life. Uh, for years, I've had a fear of doctors and hospitals in particular. Um, and I guess ultimately, it's the spirit of death. But when you're young, you don't understand about those things. So I had a bad experience in hospital when I was a child. I've still got memories, pictures I can remember about that. And then I was with my dad when he died in hospital. And then, of course, um, I've cared for my husband during his terminal illness as well, till he passed away. So had, there have been quite a lot of chances for the enemy to get in um, to my life in, the, in that area. And he did, because when I was young, I didn't understand about not letting that happen. So I remember... In my 40s, I snapped my Achilles, and it didn't heal in plaster, so they said, right, tomorrow you're going in for an operation. And so I was, I mean, this might sound ridiculous to you, but I was a mess, and I think it's because of those things that had happened previously. Um, but also, I wasn't in control, you know, I was going to have an anaesthetic, be put out to it, and... Um, I was just, yeah, a real mess. Of course, I had to have it happen. I had to have it done. So, and then, then it was when my husband was ill, I had three times over the last seven years where I've had to go into hospital for just day procedures. Well, the first time when he was sick and it happened, I was a mess again. And I prayed and I read the word, but that feeling of the fear was still there. But I thought, I've got to do this. And the doctor said, you know, you've got to be well to look after your husband. But my imagination went right. It was like, what happens if something happens to me? Who's going to look after Zane? And I, and I think us women in particular are pretty good at this. <laughs> we, let our, we let our imaginations go there and they might not even happen, you know. So anyway, I had that two more times, and the last time, it was so much better. It was really good. I had peace, um, and so sometimes we have to actually do the very thing that we're afraid of. And yes, I, I might have said no to those things, but the outcomes eventually might not have been very good. So recently, I just want to share this, um, that somebody actually here prayed for me, um, after the writing of my book, that I would actually be used to pray for the spirit of death in people's lives, which was really interesting. But as she prayed for me, I could feel something stirring up, and it was actually some more remnants of that spirit of death that hadn't gone completely yet. And I thought, isn't this just so typical of God that the very things that we're vulnerable in he can use us to help other people. Yeah, I, I just thought that was, yeah, really cool. The Bible says that fear is a snare, Proverbs 29, 25. It will trap us, but if we trust God, we will be safe. Okay? The Bible says that fear is a snare. It will trap us, but if we trust God, we will be safe. And, you know, God has 
uh, given us the gifts of the Spirit as well to help us in our journey. He's empowered us with these things. This is a whole other message in itself, but today I just want to read these out to you, the supernatural gifts. There's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, that's discernment, in different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. He's given us these supernatural gifts as well. He's given us so much, hasn't he? Now, I just want to give you a, a couple of stories from the Old Testament that uh, just show you a little bit more about warfare. In 2 Kings chapter 6, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you. You can read it for yourselves. But the, basically, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And Elisha the prophet told the king of Israel where the Arameans were camped so that they wouldn't go that way. And when the king of Aram found out about this, he was furious and he sent his men off to find Elisha. And so they surrounded the place where Elisha was. And then Elisha prayed that the Lord would open their eyes. And when he did that, they saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. And then as the enemy came closer, Elisha prayed that they would be struck with blindness. And they were, and they were able to lead them into Samaria and capture them. Now, Elisha, um, the king of Israel, he then asked Elisha, he said, what, what should we do with these men? Shall we kill them? And I just want to pick it up here at verse 22. Do not kill, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Now this is a lovely story of prayer and compassion uh, to prevent war. So when wise wise Elijah, when he heard from God, and he said there's another way instead of war. And they were kind to the enemy, and they never had trouble from them again. So this is a form of preventing warfare. We pray. It's really important to pray and hear what God has to say first. Um, In this case, feed your enemy. Be kind to them. So if you're sitting here today and thinking, hmm, I've sort of got a thing with that person, or... Uh, yeah, well, maybe some food, Take, do something kind for them. It, uh, it, it goes a long way. Something to think about anyway. In Second Chronicles 20, uh, this is another story of where basically the Moabites and the Ammonites were on their way to fight and war against Jehoshaphat. So Jehoshaphat talked to God about it. And then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. And then all Judah got together to seek God for help. So Jehoshaphat prayed, and you can read his prayer here in this chapter. But the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah. And so take note of that, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then verse 15, we'll pick it up here. Listen 
King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. So Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Awesome. Love that. Verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. It says they praised the Lord with a loud voice. That That really spoke to me, that when... You know, let's be vocal about this. Verse 21. Some of the people sung and praised the Lord as they went out to the army. So when something happens, on their way to fight, they were worshipping and singing to God on the way. And as they began to sing, the Lord sent ambushes against the enemy and they were defeated. And at the end of this time, they praised the Lord and had a party in the temple with musical instruments. They had, they, yahoo, they had a party. They thanked God. And, you know, sometimes we, I think, we, we kind of know God might have answered a prayer, but let's get excited when God answers our prayers. You know, party time. Um, because this is a big deal, and God does do that for us. And so I wanted to just bring out some points there Um, Number one, that Jehoshaphat inquired of the Lord. So when we feel like we're up against something, whatever's going on, what are you saying, God? What are you saying? It might be different every time, but what is God saying? Number two, they proclaimed a fast. This happened quite often. They proclaimed a fast. We mean business about this. And then number three, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel and he prophesied that they wouldn't have to fight the battle. The battle was God's. That was the word that they heard that came across. Number four, they worshipped and thanked God before the battle. That's important. So we're not just getting right into it, rah, rah, rah. We're worshipping God first. And then number five, and of course it all came true, and they celebrated and thanked God it's another, I just, that really spoke to me too. Another really important thing to do. Something happens when we worship. And we can get so much out of this chapter. When we worship, so much happens. Um, I love to sit at the piano and worship God and, and praise him. And, you know, or if you've got music, Spotify, you know, same thing. And... Sometimes out of that, something or someone will come to my mind or a situation and I can warfare in prayer while I'm doing that. And sometimes it gets, I get a little bit more louder in my praying. Sometimes the piano gets louder. Um, but I'll know that, okay, I'll keep doing that until I feel like, okay, I can stop now or there's a release in that. But always worship first, no matter what's happening. Um, I just wanted to 
um, say a little bit about deliverance. Um, you know, deliverance is really just getting some prayer, praying. We can do it ourselves as well. But it's getting prayer to release some stuff that the enemy has got a hold on in our lives. And it's certainly not looking for a demon behind every bush because we need to have a balance in our lives. And we have, a, we have victory in life. So, but we need to take action. I mean, God has um, he's given us all these things that I've mentioned this morning. He's given us all this. He's equipped us fully. There's nothing more that we need to, to fight this battle with the enemy. And sometimes we, I don't think we even realize the enemy, enemy's strategies that he, he brings into our lives. And before we know it, we think, oh, oh dear, what's happened here? You know, he, he is, he's, a, he's a schemer, but we do have victory in God. And I think, the, you know, if we're living close to God, then we can have that discernment and we can know what's going on. But it's to ask him first, what's, what do you want, Lord? What do you want? So today, you know, God wants us to just have courage and he wants us to have strength, right? He doesn't want us to be fearful of the enemy, but I guess these things to, are to show us that, you know, he wants us to be alert on what is going on because the enemy is, he's prowling, he's prowling. Where can I get into your life? Where can I get in? And that's, I gave an example where he got into my life. And so just have a little think about that today. But, you know, if you want some prayer today for some maybe some issues or an issue that's in your life you know about and you just can't rise above it. You know that there's a hold somewhere that you just want some prayer for to be released of that. And, and, and I have to tell you, it's not just about having prayer. It's about walking in that freedom of that as well. And we can talk to you about that and you can have support from people that you know well with that. But it's important to walk in the freedom of that afterwards as well. Um, and maybe today you just know that you could really do with a good dose of prayer to get that spirit, that warrior spirit in you awakened, to be more alert to what the enemy is doing, to be more alert to what God wants you to do. So, And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, like me, um, that it's good to do this. So if you want prayer for either of those things or for anything else, then I think, you know, let's just do it because, you know, God wants us to live in victory. He doesn't want us to have things hanging over us or making our lives miserable. And we certainly don't need that as we've talked about today. So I just want to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us a life of victory. And we know, Lord, that things don't always go right. Uh, we live in a sinful world and we do things wrong and we're sorry about that. But Father, give us more alertness and more discernment to know what's happening in our lives. Father, I, th I thank you, Lord, that, that you died and that you rose again and that you gave us that victory. You've, you've handed it over to us. You've given that to us, and I thank you that you love us, and you want us to live in freedom. So, Father, I thank you. I just want to thank you for your love today, Lord, that you surround us every day with that. You love us so deeply, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
awaken right now, Father, I pray, that warrior spirit in us, Lord, to recognize what's happening, to rise up when we need to pray into situations, uh, to say enough, enough is enough when we need to pray. Father, come right now, Father, we pray, and let your spirit rest upon us. Do the work that you want to do right now in each one of us, Father. We all want that. We all want that. Father, bring to mind, I pray right now, Lord, anything that is hindering us from walking in victory. Bring to mind right now, we pray.